Be sure to tune into Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or our notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration with Tamina Watson on Daisy 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 AM. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. For the next half an hour, I'll be talking about immigration and immigration only. Um, as you may know, this show is only about immigration law and news updates. And we have spoken to notable immigrants who are making a difference in society. But also we have talked to and continue to talk to people who are making an impact on immigration policy, immigration issues. Um, you know, it's been over a year that this show has been on Desi 1250 AM. So thank you all, uh, all listeners for continuing to listen in to the show, calling, emailing, um, and just showing your warmth and love for the show and for myself. So thank you so much for that. Um, today, it's going to be just you and me because there is a lot to talk about and there is just so many news updates, I don't even know where to start. Um, but there is one particular news update I'm going to focus on today. I, I did want to give you a recap of the entire year that we have spent together. Um, uh, but I think this news update is going to be very relevant for our listeners. So I will save that for another day. Another day. But I do want to bring to your attention you know, go back and look at our SoundCloud archive for our previous shows. It's only two weeks to uh, election day. And there are just uh, a lot of people in our local area that are on the ballot. And your vote is absolutely important, not only for the federal election where we are going to be electing our next president, but who will be representing us in Congress, in the Senate. Uh, all of these uh, names are on the ballot this time round. It's been a long election season, but it is coming to an end and just endeavor just a little bit more. But, you know, the reason I'm asking you to go to my SoundCloud profile is you will see interviews with a lot of the candidates that are on the ballot today. And, um, you know, I'm not going to name names, but I absolutely insist you go there and listen to some of these candidates. There is a very contested uh, election for one of the local seats here. Both of those candidates have been on my show before they actually announced they were going to be running. So you will get a, a, a very good idea about both of these candidates. Um, and I, I would love to hear your, hear your opinion uh, or thoughts. Email me about that. But the SoundCloud com forward slash Tamina Watson and you will find all of our interviews from the past. Uh, if you've just tuned in, this is Tamina Watson at Desi 1250 AM talking about immigration. If you have questions or comments, feedback or anything that you want to share, the phone number here is 844-301-1250. That's 844-301-1250. 1250 and you can email at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. 
Before I dive into the news update I want to give you, I do want to invite you to make sure you listen to our show next week and the week after. Next week will be exactly one week to Election Day, and the following week will actually be Election Day itself. And next week, we'll have a panel discussion on the importance of this election, the importance of your vote, the importance of this election to the immigrant community, to the Desi community. So please be sure you tune in at 10 a.m. next Tuesday. Please be sure that you go to our website at www.watsonimmigrationlaw.com to find out who our, our panelists are going to be. They are notable leaders of our community, and I cannot wait for you to speak to them and hear what they have to say. If you've just tuned in, this is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 AM talking about immigration. So today's news update is an issue that is very, very important for our Desi community particularly. Um, You may know that a lot of our Desi community uh, immigrants in the US who are on a work visa who are actually known as non-immigrant workers, are often on a visa called H-1B visa. And if you were here uh, at this studio, I'd be saying, hey, hands up, who's on a work visa? And I can imagine a lot of you, if you were here, would have been putting your hands up. Um, You know, I hear stories from people uh, all the time, different stories, good stories, bad stories, heartbreaking stories. The type of heartbreaking story I hear over and over again is one of abuse. More often than not, it is a woman who will call me, but sometimes it can be a man. And the abusive story I hear is, I am a dependent of um, a visa holder, a principal, and I have been abused. I have been beaten. I have been psychologically abused, physically abused. I have made reports to the police. I don't know what to do anymore. Shall I stay in this marriage? Shall I leave the marriage? What do I do? What are my immigration options? The immigration options often are very limited. Often they will have no option. Uh, They could change their visa status to perhaps a student visa. They could perhaps change their status to a different type of visa. But often uh, a different type of visa requirement is not met by their own circumstances. And often a student visa is not viable because um, they cannot either afford to be a student or they cannot afford the time to be a student because they have a family to raise. These visa holders are often an H4 visa holder, but um, they can, they, I've seen F1, F2 visa holders, different type of work visa holders who are spouses. And up until now, we have not had an option for them. However, earlier this year, the Obama administration had announced new rules for victims who are abuse spouses of um work visa holders and those visas are specifically a visa the a visa is for people who are diplomats or government officials foreign government officials g visa which is often uh, an employee of a foreign government or an international organization e3 visa which is the specialty occupation visa holders for people who are citizens of australia and H visa holders. Now, H can be in, in various different formats. There could be H1B, H1B1, which is specifically for people from Singapore and Chile, H3, which is a, a trainee visa, 
um, and also H, uh, H2B and H2A. These are seasonal and agricultural visa holders. So spouses of these visas, uh, if they are abused, will be allowed to get work permission. I cannot tell you how big this is. Uh, for uh, a person who has no option, who either has to uh, perhaps leave the country, and often that is not a viable option for them because their family, their children are here, um, or they, they simply cannot afford to leave the marriage and they continue to uh, stay in this abusive relationship. For, this, for these people, the work permission is going to be an incredible benefit. Now, who can qualify? The rules are that a qualifying spouse of a visa holder, uh, non-immigrant principal of visa A, G, E, or H, um, they are married, so a domestic relationship is not sufficient. Um, the, the, the good thing about this new rule is you can also apply not only if you've been abused but if your spouse died within the last two years and that also is a huge problem that we see often um, and if you are somebody who knows somebody call into our show tell us your story we'd love to hear your story either if you've been a victim of abuse and I know it's very difficult to talk about that but if your circumstance was difficult because your um, H-1B or non-immigrant visa holder spouse died and all of a sudden you have no option the um, the other option, the requirement is that the spouse has lost the qualifying non-immigrant status because of an incident of domestic violence. Now, what does that mean? It means often if you have called the police, the police will come. And if there is a domestic violence situation in the scenario, one of the spouses will be taken away from the house. And if that is the dependent spouse and a criminal charge is now brought against the spouse, it's quite possible the visa will be taken away from them. And on a different show, I'll be talking about prudential violation, prudential revocation. Stay tuned for that. This is definitely one of those scenarios, which really means prudential revocation means that the government has the privilege or prerogative to take away your visa if there has been a criminal conviction. While it specifically mentions DUI, the prudential revocation also applies to any type of uh, derogatory information. And um, stay tuned for that show. The marriage was terminated within the last two years prior to filing because there was domestic violence. So we're looking at termination of marriage because of domestic violence, termination of marriage because of death of the, the qualifying principal spouse, or... Um, there was a, a, a marriage, while it may not have been terminated, you've left the marriage because of the, the, the extreme cruelty uh, and abuse. Uh, it, the rule does require that the last admittance into the U.S., meaning that your last entry into the U.S. would have been under one of these visa categories as a dependent, and the abuse would have happened after the last admission, and finally, the rule requires that the spouse, the abuse spouse, or the, the, the widowed spouse is living in the United States. So uh, these rules are very broad, and it covers quite a, quite a few scenarios, which is very welcome. 
Now, what is the uh, application process and what kind of evidence do you need to include in your application? The evidence I am very happy to see is broad, which means that you can include evidence that you think is credible and uh, it will essentially prove your story. In the application form with the evidence, you need to provide evidence of your own status. And what kind of evidence is that? That can be your I-94, and it should be your I-94, but it could also include the visa stamp in your passport. It could also include the approval notice that you may have received from the from the U- USCIS, which is the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, the agency that deals with immigration. Evidence of the principal spouse's admission in the qualifying non-immigrant status. Now, that means your spouse's visa. Um, so, again, we would need the I-94. for And the I-94, if you don't know what it is, if you're a family member of somebody who's an immigrant and you haven't dealt with this for a long time or you're you a citizen, an I-94 is really the evidence that somebody has entered the United States with the permission of the Customs and Border Protection Immigration Officers. And the I-94, I-94, can now be found electronically electronically on the CBP website, which is cbp.gov. And there's a little icon in the middle of the page that says, find my I-94, and that's where you can find it. That little icon will take you to a web page, which will have a drop-down menu with basic information, your first name, last name, um, your passport number, uh, and a few other things like that, that you will find in your passport itself. So you can print that out, and that will be part of your evidence. Um, <clears throat> Qualified the husband's or the wife, if that's the the principal spouse, uh, we would need their visa uh, proof as well. So copy of their passport stamp with the the visa in it. Uh, Also the approval notice if there was an approval in the United States um, for any reason. We would need to have the marriage certificate to show that this was a marriage. Um, And we would also need to show current evidence of uh, residence in the United States. And that could include bills, lease, mortgage, um, you know, things like that. And then when I say broad, the USCIS would like to see um, uh, evidence such as police reports, court records, medical records, reports from the social services agencies, or affidavits. Now, or is a very important word here because USCIS is essentially leaving it to you to be able to support your case with whatever you can get your hands on. You may not have court records because you may not have been uh, in court um, with a with a charge or maybe your spouse has not been part of a, uh, an actual charge, but you may have police rep- reports. You may have gone to so- social services. You may have gone to marriage counseling. Um, there may ha- be a lot of different evidence that only applies to you and your case, um, but this is the type of evidence the government will want to see. If there is a protective court order, a restraining order, that must be included in the petition. So essentially, USCIS is giving a broad um, list of documentation that you can submit. 
In the policy memo, the government does say that you may not have access to some information such as uh, the principal spouse's um, immigrant status. And in that case, you should try your best to to get hold of that. But if you cannot, it's not the end of the world is how I read the memo. If you do get an approval, the work authorization will be issued for two years. And that's a long time, in my opinion. Uh, it's allowing you to be able to get on your feet and uh, essentially allowing you to find a path to some other visa category, perhaps. Um, but essentially, you're getting out of the, the very difficult situation that you might find yourself in. So what happens after two years? The government is going to allow the abused spouse to renew the work authorization. And what was, must one do? They must file the form, which is a brand new form created only for this reason. The form is called I-765V, V for Victor. The I-765 is not a new form by itself. That is the form that everybody has to use uh, for applying for work permission. The new portion of this is the V, the letter V. And essentially, the form is now six pages for this particular category instead of one. And the six pages, of course, is going to through, go through the various evidence that I've mentioned already. The application will require uh, a passport-style colored photograph, uh, maybe two, uh, evidence of uh, residing in the United States. And again, that could be your lease, mortgage, utility bills, um, and so forth. And then the evidence for renewal will also need to include that the principal non-immigrant continues to have valid immigration status. So for you to continue to renew your visa, your spouse who under whose visa you came to the US must continue to maintain uh, that visa. Um, but also, if uh, the spouse had been uh, passed away or the marriage was terminated within the last two years. So that evidence would have to be included. And of course, the very last, <clears throat> the previous EAD, the work the work authorization card is also known as employment authorization card. And for short, it is generally referred to as EAD. So the copy of the EAD will have to be renew included in the renewal application. Now, what do I think about this rule? I think these are very generous uh, rules that will allow a very vulnerable group of people to now benefit um, from having work permission. As you may realize, this vulnerable group of people often have no option. They either uh, they are stuck between a rock and a hard place, which really is, do I stay in the marriage or do I leave the country? And people in our Desi community will know that going back to your home country after a divorce is often not an option. It can bring taboo and, um, you know, gossip to the family, which is a cultural issue and often thought about as bringing shame to the family. So people will often opt to remain in an abusive relationship than go back home. But often the situation is that the abusive spouse is not given an option. 
the principal spouse may want to have a divorce or may want to be separated. And in that situation, the abused spouse either does not have any funds to be living in the U.S., doesn't have the immigration status to be able to seek help from the federal government, and often will not have any family and friends who will step up and help them. That vulnerable group will now have a path to stay in the U.S., Now, a reminder of the visa categories that will qualify. It's A visa, which is the foreign diplomats and government officials. E3, which are the Australian specialty occupation workers. G visa holders, and these are employees of of foreign government and international organizations. And H visa holders, which include H1B, H1B1, H2A, H2B, H3 and H4 visa holders. Now, it doesn't include every kind of work visa holder. So, you know, if you have an O visa, an E2 or E1 visa, an F1, which is a a particular visa category I see often with abused spouses, they will not be able to qualify. But if you do fall within the, the eligible visa categories, then of course you are in luck. Um, you know, if you have questions or comments, you're very welcome to call us. This is Immigration with Tamina on Desi 1250 if you've just tuned in. And we're talking about new visa options for people who are uh, victims of abuse um, of non-immigrant visa holder spouses. Now, I'm going to give you an example of somebody that I had spoken with. And this is just an example because the scenario comes up over and over again. Um, and I'm going to take an example of somebody from our Desi community because that that's the type of call I get more often than not. So take the example of somebody who is here as an H4 visa holder. And that H4 visa holder is either from uh, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Nepal, or one of these countries where cultural issues are extremely um, you, you strong and uh, there, is a, there is a notion that if you have a failed marriage, it not only brings shame to you, it brings shame to the entire family. Uh, and this is, of course, if you are listening and you're not from the Desi community, really this happens all the time. And if anyone called in right now, they would confirm that this is what happens. So take the story of, let's call this person um, Asha. Asha had called me and basically said that I have been beaten over and over again. I need to leave the marriage. I don't know what to do. I have thought about leaving the marriage, but I can't afford to rent uh, a place for myself and I can't afford to change my status to uh, a student visa, which was my first um, uh, option for her. And to be a student in the United States as a a foreign uh, resident, the fees are significantly higher than those who are residents. So that was not an option. Um, My... This person who was my client, actually, um, had fled the marriage and came to the U.S., uh, to to Washington State, to live with some family members. But because she had now tainted the family for leaving the marriage, the family member she was living with was also then um, essentially told to not let my client live in that household because she will also bring shame to the family in the Washington State. My client then had no option. She then had to, um, I I believe she was homeless for quite some time. And we didn't have this option for her. 
eventually what happened to her, I can't tell. But um, with this new work visa option, she would have had the the option to get a work visa and get on her two feet. If you are somebody like that, if you know somebody like that, please pass on this um, show information to her, to him, because men can also fall victim to this situation as well. We have a blog post on our website, www.immigrationlawyersinseattle.com or watsonimmigrationlaw.com blog post. Go to the dc1250am.com website as well if you don't remember our website uh, and make sure this information is spread as widely as possible. The rule is not in effect quite yet. Uh, There is a comment period that will go on until mid-December and it is hoped that the rule will become will become final by the end of um, January maybe and definitely hopefully before President Obama leaves office. If you have any questions or comments, you're always welcome to call um, the Desi studio at 844-301-1250. Of course, you can call me at my office 206-292-5237 or email at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. That was a lot of information I gave you. We have run out of time, I'm afraid. Please tune in next week to listen to our community leaders talk about the election and why it is important for our Desi community, the immigrant community and the country at large. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. This is Immigration with Tamina on Desi 1250 AM. See you next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.